initiated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. Now we here we are finally. The finals are here. Um, we have microphones. The audio quality is sounding great. After some time, about 30, 40 minutes of technical difficulties, here we are. Everything is going great. The NBA finals are set. It is Boston Celtics versus Golden State Warriors. Kailash, how are you feeling right now? How am I feeling, bro? Me and you went out on Sunday night. We, we, you know how I was feeling. My credit card knows how I was feeling that night. I went, we were, bro, I'm so hyped, man. Like, people don't understand. Like, I guess, like, you as, like, a true Thunder fan, like, like when you got to the finals in 2012, but even then, like, you were, like, an early fan, right? So, like, I guess it wasn't the same. But, like, now, if you get to the finals again, like, you're going to actually feel that. Like, that's how it feels, bro. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, they've had so much success compared to, like, other teams, but not, like, shit. But not, like, Celtic success. You know what I mean? Like, like they've choked so many times at the conference finals. This is, like, their fourth time in six years. And now they, they finally got it done. Like, uh, it was... I was so stressed throughout the whole playoffs. Just because, like, I just felt like they're going to choke. They're going to choke. And now I don't care if we lose the finals. It's just gravy. You know, like, now I know they can get to the finals. You know, so like it's possible. I hope we win, but um, it's 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 gonna be a good finals, man. Uh, I'm I'm excited and I'm glad Tatum and Brown and Smart like they deserved it. So I'm excited. Yeah, overall, I mean, it, it's a great matchup. Um, to be honest, like I thought the Heat did a great job during the regular season. Um, like somehow getting the one seed despite all their injuries and despite whatever issues. But to be honest, like. I don't know. I just feel like they kind I don't think it would be as entertaining as a matchup um, if they were going against the Warriors. I just don't think they have enough offensive firepower to keep up. Um, and I feel like that would be a quick series. And I, I think like Boston versus Golden State is kind of like the matchup of like the two best teams uh, in the East and the West. Um, so it'll be hella interesting. Um but before we get to that, let's just kind of talk about uh, the Heat and kind of, you know, give our closing remarks on their season. Um, so they lost to the Celtics in seven games. Um, Jimmy Butler was a monster in games one, six, and seven. Um, in between, he kind of faltered. I'm not sure if it was because of injury, but at the same time, the burden that was placed on him was kind of insane. Like, he, he had a... Like, he was playing great defense. I think one of the main noticeable things about him was that he was, like, the steals that he was getting on defense were, like, crazy. Like, he was getting steals that were, like, instant buckets on the other side. Like, he wasn't just, like, you know, poking the ball out and getting a deflection to his teammate. Like, he was, like, like breaking out into a sprint, like, stealing the ball and, like, dunking it on the other side. And it felt like he did that, like, so many times. Um, he, was, he was, like, playing like a cornerback. Like, he, like, a lot of teams in NFL could use him, honestly. Yeah, that's actually a great way to describe it. Um, it, He was kind of like a cornerback. And and then on top of that, just like the offensive output, like he's scoring like 30, 40 points per game. Like, and like literally no one else on his team was scoring. Um, I would say even though the Heat lost, like, dude, like this guy, like Jimmy Butler is insane, man. I I mean, I don't really know how you uh, like, you know, discern your top 10 players and stuff. But I feel like if you're looking at playoffs, like, dude, he is definitely in the top 10. I mean, I know, like, I guess some people care about the regular season more. And, like, because of that, like, I guess, yeah, in the regular season, he's probably not trying as hard and he might be injured. Um, 
But like based off of his like talent and like ability, I feel like you gotta put him in the top ten players. Yeah, I always went back and forth between like if Jimmy was better than Jason Tatum, and for a while I've always had like Jimmy better than Jason Tatum, and like. I, Listen, like the thing that changed for me is like he's had a phenomenal playoff run. He's he was probably the best player in that playoff series um, against the Celtics. But like you can't show up for like you can't not show up for four games and expect to be like you know better than like the like the guy that just beat you. You know, like at least Tatum he showed up for like six games for sure. And like obviously game three you got a bad game, so at least five games I would say he showed up. And like at the end of the day he did win. And I think like. I agree with you. Like, um, like for top ten, like maybe people don't have Jimmy Butler in like the regular season top ten, or like, but in the playoffs he is like a baller. He's like a, he's a gamer. He's a competitor. Like he's just, he's just not as talented as everyone else, but like he will compete with you and he will like keep it going. And like in that sense, yeah. But like for me, I think Tatum has surpassed him. That's how I see it. I mean, I think I would agree with that um, just because, like, he won the series and, like, he did perform better. Um, but it's a bit hard to say, though, because I do believe the Celtics overall have, like, a better team. Um, if you look at, like, the Heat, like, during the regular season, like, they had a lot of players that were doing, like, playing really well for them, like Max Struess and, like, Duncan Robinson. And I guess they had, like, Dwayne Dedman and Markeith Morris in their rotation, too. But, like, come the playoffs, like, those guys were all, like, pretty useless, to put it bluntly. Um, they were just not able to hit shots, like, at all. And, I don't know, I guess during the regular season, I was kind of in amaze. Like, I was kind of, um, like, amazed. Like, I was like, dang, like, where are the Heat finding all these people um, just to, like, plug in and play? And I don't know, like, I, I mean, I pay, I pay attention to this stuff because, like, I'm a fan of the Thunder. Like, the Thunder are kind of similar to the Heat in that they really utilize their G League. They really develop their players, and they're trying to find people to bring up. I guess it's hard to compare the two because, like, I mean, I guess the Thunder have, like, Lou Dort, who went through the G League, um, and I guess Lindy Waters, too, right now. But, like, it's hard to compare because we're not winning right now. Um, so it was insane to see, like, they bring up, like, Max Struess, um, and he's, like, contributing on, like, the number one seed in the East. But, again, like, it's really... If you have a good system, I feel like it's easy to find players that you can plug and play, um, and they can do a good job in the regular season as long as, like, you have, like, a structured system on offense and defense. But when you get to the playoffs, like, I think all that just kind of crumbles away. Um, and I don't know, you can, like, put dudes like Max Struess in a position where, okay, like, Max Struess has to beat us, and if he beats us, then whatever, we'll just tip our hat and we lose. Um, but like nine times out of ten, like I'm sorry to say, but like Max Bruce is not going to beat you in the playoffs. It's like interesting you like bring up that point where like like uh, like the Heat shot bad and like the, like Jimmy Butler didn't have enough help. And what's crazy to me is like I don't think the Celtics are getting enough credit, just like just from the media in general, because everyone's like, oh, the Heat didn't show up, the Heat role players didn't show up, oh, the Bucks role players didn't show up. Giannis needs more help. Oh, the Nets role players were never that good to be in with, you know. So like and like going into each series, everyone was like, okay. Oh, Depot will step up, Drew Holiday, Connington, like, you know, Giannis will be fine, Jim Butler will be fine, you know, Bruce Brown will help out Kyrie and KD. But I think credit has to go to the Celtics defense for, like, playing that kind of defense where it's like they just let the main star beat them and they'll just shut everyone else down. 
They're like they're just they just dare Giannis to score 50 on them, and if that's enough, that's enough. But most times it's not, and they just like dare Jimmy Butler. Okay, like go have 50 50 points every single night. If you could do it, then do it. And I think they focus on like shutting down the players. So I don't. I wouldn't say it's more so like they just didn't show up. I just think the Celtics defense like that's their scheme and their focus. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I, I think people are definitely underrating the Celtics defense. Um, I mean, but that just tends to happen a lot whenever people lose, like, playoff series. Like, instead of, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, like, this team did, like, a good job of shutting them down, like, I would say majority of people will just, like, point to the team that lost and be like, oh, like, this guy was ass or this guy was ass. Yeah. And, like, I think, I don't know, part of that is kind of, I would say, like, illustrated by, like, the media and, like, so, like at least, like, the Twitter, like, NBA Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Celtics defense, like, definitely deserves credit. Um, I, but it's, like, to me, it's still miraculous. Like, we talk about, like, I don't know, we did, like, even though, like, yeah, like, it was a product of the scheme, the Heat role players were terrible, and it's still, like, insane that the game, like, it went to seven games, in my opinion. Because you're, like, watching the whole series, like, I was, like, I kind of felt, like, I don't know, it, it hurt me to, like, watch the Miami offense at times because I felt like defensively they did a great job. Like, they were getting a lot of steals, and they were forcing a lot of turnovers. Um, if I'm not wrong, like, I think in the games that they won, they were forcing, like, like 15 to 17 turnovers per game. And in the games that they lost, uh, the Heat were only forcing, like, 11 or 12. So it was, like, a product of their, like, defense. Like, that was actually, you know, forcing turnovers and getting out in transition and scoring, like, some more points which is what I think you have to do against, like, a really good defense like the Celtics. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's still insane that it went to seven games, uh, I think. I think that just shows, like, how crazy, like, Jimmy Butler went. And, like, Bam had about, like, he had, like, a couple good games as well, so I don't want to, like, completely dismiss him. But I feel like going forward, like, they need to find, like, a better option and I don't know if, like, Kyle Lowry, like, he makes, like, too much money to be giving, like, this less of a performance. Like, he's, like, $26 million, $28 million, and then $29 million. And, like, he was, like, struggling to score more than 10 points. So, again, like, I mean, I agree that it could be because of the Celtics' defense. But I think, like, you have to be very concerned as, like, a Heat fan if, like, this is what Kyle Lowry looks like. Because I feel... The, the plan going into this season was that he is that second guy, you know, like I'm not saying he needs to score like 30 points, but there's no reason he shouldn't be able to score like 15 points and hit like, I don't know, like three or four threes a game uh, in addition to like facilitating in the defense, which was still there during that series. But I mean, going forward, I would say like Kyle Lowry is a huge con concern and then also the expansion of uh, Bam Bam's offensive game. Yeah, like, like in the first five games, uh, whatever team won the turnover battle won the game. And then game six and seven, it was just like the opposite. Like I, whoever lost turnover battle still ended up winning. So like, yeah, it was basically about like whoever can keep the turnovers down for the most part. Because like both teams are really good like defenses in the half court. So like whoever can get out in transition can like, was going to go win the game. And that's what made the difference in game seven. Like the Celtics had 13 fast break points in like the first quarter. And like basically that was the game right there. Like they they had enough just to hold on until the end so like yeah like you can say all this stuff about the heat like like they've had like a lot of good pieces and like their big boys didn't end up showing up like Kyle Lowry and like Bam at certain games and that's really all they had and of course like the Tyler Hero injuries like was pretty big I'd agree but yeah like Kyle Lowry like I have so much respect for him just because like for me he's just like a baller I love Kyle Lowry 
But like you can't be putting on perf that performance in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, he's probably, he was definitely injured, but there was just like some plays where it was just like the flopping got too much. There was a certain play where like he flopped, and then it ended up like him got falling on the floor, and then and then he was forced to call a timeout, which ended up costing them at the end of the game because they needed a timeout to like to, to try to win the game. So it was like, like little stuff like that. You know, like, I understand like Marcus Smart is just as big as flopper, but like to the point where it's like you're costing your team timeouts and like again eventually it's like costing them game like like a shot at the end of the game. It's pretty like huge to me. So yeah, like this this series you could say it would have been totally different with like Hero was 100 percent, Kyle was 100 percent if Jimmy was able to give his all for seven games. But like people also forget that like Marcus Smart, Al Horford had COVID game one. You know, like maybe the Celtics end the series in five. You know, and then Robert Williams has been playing with a bone bruise all series, and he's been really bad. Marcus Smart's ankle, like, literally broke in half, and I don't know how he's still playing in the series. So, like, there's always injury concerns on both sides, but at the end of the series, it's like, okay, whoever didn't play in the series, like, that counts as real injuries. But, like, whatever team lost, only they, only we care about the injuries. But no one ever seems to care about, like, Marcus Smart and, like, Al Horford dealing with their own injuries. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um I mean, I would say one thing that the Celtics did really well was they scored a lot of buckets. Like, the buckets that they had in transition, I just thought were, like, a lot better looks um, because I thought, like, whenever it got to, uh, like, Jalen uh, Brown or Jason Tatum, like, they were going, they were taking it to the rim. Whereas, like, I felt like a lot of the times when the Heat got transition opportunities, like, like it would be, like, Jimmy Butler. Like, I think only Jimmy Butler would go to the rim a lot. And, like, the rest of them were, like, super discouraged from going to the rim for whatever reason so like a lot of times like it would be like a drive and kick and like transition it's like trying to get like a transition three and like that shot was just not going down the entire series um but yeah i mean overall like i think the celtics like yeah they definitely have their own share of like injuries and stuff so it is like definitely very commendable that they're still like muscling it out through these games um I mean, th you could always look at it like like uh, the glass, like half-empty perspective, which is that, like, oh, it took them, like, seven games to get past both. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I feel like they're... I mean, if you look at, like, I think the Bucks and the Heat are probably, like, better competition than, like, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks, let's say. Um, so, like, I would say that's, like, a pretty good reason as to why those series went seven games yeah this was easily um, like the hardest path for like any team since like maybe jordan through the east like not as far as like 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 the actual like 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 i'm saying that like the teams they played like specifically kevin durant Giannis, and then jimmy butler and he culture like that's like an insanely hard path to go through and i, I can't even think of another run like besides that and I, I, like not in like I, people say lebron's 2018 run right but like i would say in that sense like he was carrying a bad team he wasn't playing bad team necessarily you know but i think the Celtics were playing really really hard teams in this run yeah i mean i i can't like uh i have to like probably go back and see like all the championship paths um but it, it does seem like very difficult i mean it's like i think a lot of it is like changing like after the fact like, before, like, each series, like, I think, like, every single time, like, every, like a lot of people, like, a lot of people were split on the Celtics, you know, even in the Nets series, like, a lot of people had the Nets. In the Bucks series, a lot of people had the Bucks. And in the Heat yeah. series, I would say the Heat series is the one where it kind of, like, balanced out, where I saw, like, maybe 50-50, like, Celtics Heat, or if not, like, even a little bit more towards the Celtics' favor. It was but they were like, still, like... It was definitely, like, 70-30 Celtics. Like, the, like when, once they got to the Cardinals finals, like, no one picked the Heat. 
Like especially yeah, yeah. ESPN, it was like eighteen to four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but even then, like it wasn't like even then, like I guess the people that like thought about the Heat winning, like didn't like really still believe in the Celtics, you know? Um, yeah. And like they still chose it to be like a like a like a longer series, I guess. But um, so yeah, moving on to the, I mean, another issue with the Heat is. Um, I guess, like, the, the whole Duncan Robinson uh, dilemma, because, like, they extended him. Like, his his contract is, like, through, like, 2025 and 26, and I guess they could terminate his contract in 2025, but, like, to extend him and then, like, have him be unplayable in the playoffs is, like, a really bad sign, I would say, um, especially because, like, the Heat had, like, a dire need for offense. So just the fact that like they needed offense like so badly and they, it seemed like they only like played like resorted to him in like very, very like last ditch, like desperate efforts to generate some sort of offense. Like it's just not a good sign for him going forward. Um, this man's gonna and make definitely not with this future on the team. 20, wait, hold on. This man's going to make 20 million in four years. Oh my God. How did he finesse his contract? This is insane. <laughs> No, I mean, he was like, he he deserved. I guess he deserved the contract. I mean, like his shooting was insane, and like that enough will like get you paid like this much. That's a, but like I just like don't. Davis Bertans contract, bro. Like like that's like he's like literally just like a poor man's Davis Bertans or like just another copy of Davis Bertans. Like they just go on this insane like shooting streaks for like a couple months or so, and then teams like, oh my god, he's he's so amazing, and they just forget about like okay, people can get cold. And he's like a streaky shooter, and he can't play any defense. And that's basically what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, like, I think he—I mean, he played like a good role on the team, like for a couple of years. Um, like, he was really good in in the bubble year. And, and I just feel like they, like, based off of that, like he deserved, like his contract. Like, I feel like it's kind of like paying paying him back for like being like really good during that time. Um, but honestly, like, I don't feel that optimistic about his future with the team. I feel like it's pretty limited. Like, I don't think he'll be on there like much longer. Like, I would be surprised if they don't trade him. Um, I mean, I don't know who you, who you would trade him for, but I would assume like, if there's like any, like he attempt to like try to trade for like a Donovan Mitchell or like a Bradley Beal, um, then, like, that's what you, like, Duncan Robinson is probably, like, the first guy going guaranteed in that package just for salary. Rod, hear me out before, like, like let me know what you think about this. Uh, I was thinking about this, like, a couple hours ago. Russell Westbrook for Kyle Lowry. I think it makes sense for both teams. Like, like Russell Westbrook would be a perfect fit for that Heat team. Someone who's just always playing at 100%, you know, and, like, they already have, like, like, I know he's not that great of a shooter, but, like, they already have enough shooters around that team. That's, like, the best three-point shooting team in the league, right? And then Kyle Lowry was, like, what the Lakers needed for, like, a couple of years, and they should have traded for him last year. What do you think? Yeah, I actually really liked that idea. I mean, I thought, like, dude, when the when he was on the Wizards, like, I low-key wanted the Heat to get him then. Um, so he didn't have to waste a year of his career with the Lakers. Uh, no, but I feel, like, I feel like that's a really good fit. Just because, like, dude, they need... Like, I mean, they need scoring. And, like, even though, like, he's not a great, like, three-point shooter, like, they just need someone who can score. And, like, I think if you play him in, like, that Houston type of role 
where it's like, okay, like you don't have to facilitate. Well, I guess he could facilitate too, but like, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like the best role of him on that team. And I kind of like that fit. And especially like, I think with like a disciplined coach, like, or a disciplined coach like Spolstra and like the system that he runs, I really think that they could cover up a lot of his flaws um, on the defensive side. I don't know if the money will work out though, but like, I don't know. That could, they could probably figure it out. I mean, I think if you trade, uh, well, this year, I don't think it's happening just because, um, like, I mean, the, according to the reports, like, they're pretty much just going to take him back because the Lakers have to give away, like, a first-round uh, pick in order to, like, trade him. And I don't think the Lakers should, I don't think they should do that, and I don't think they will. So I guess he's there for the second year. Um, but maybe after that, uh, it's not a bad time to, like, look at that because I think, uh, nah, they'll still have Kyle Lowry after that, so it kind of makes it hard. Russell Westbrook um, would, be, would be perfect for this Miami Heat team, bro. Like, like I don't know, like I, I just—it's like a perfect fit for them. That's how I see it. I don't know, like he just like brings the energy they need. It. Like if you have Westbrook in that game seven, like besides Kyle Lowry, that's like they're they're winning that game. Probably blowing the Celtics out. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is like he can still get fouled when he goes to the rim. Uh, which is, like, something that I guess, like, Kyle Lowry hasn't, like, really been good at. Like, if you're struggling on offense and you can't hit your shot, like, if, you, if you're, if you like, a good, like, finisher at the rim, like, you just go to the rim and you get fouled and, like, you can at least put some points on the board even if you can't get a jump shot. Maybe that, like, ignites your offense. But it felt like the only shots that Kyle Lowry was able to get off was, like, three-pointers that were, like, contested to some extent. Yeah, and... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to just look at the contract. I, I don't know what they could do. I guess, like, Bam is, like... The problem with the Heat is, like... The, like, the Celtics, they, like, their core pieces are, like, young. You know, I, I know a lot of people have this, like, issue. Like, they're, like the Heat are kind of similar to, like, the, the Suns, where it's, like, you have, like, this superstar, but he's, like, on the wrong side of 30. And you have, like, this up-and-coming star or someone who should be a star, as in, like, in Bam and Booker, who's, like, younger and has, like, a better timeline, right? So, like, the Suns and, like, Heat are kind of similar in that path, and they're kind of stuck because, like, what do you do moving forward? Like, do you, like, continue trusting, like, in the, in the Suns' case, do you continue trusting an older point guard and that, like, that? And the same thing with, like, the Heat. Like, do you continue trusting an older point guard? And he's supposed to be that third piece, but he hasn't really shown much this year to be that kind of guy. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, it's like, a very weird situation for them. Um so real quick, I mean, other expiring contracts that they have is uh, Victor Oladipo, Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman, and then I guess Udonis Haslam too. Um, so they could like reshape their roster a bit. But honestly, I thought Oladipo played like pretty well. Um, I mean, I had like very low expectations for him, but like he was good in the role that they they kind of demanded of him. I wish, like, I think he wishes, and the Heat probably wish that he could contribute a little bit more on offense, but he was, like, good in terms of, like, he was able to get some steals, and he was able to score, like, a little bit, like, and he provides, like, a little bit of playmaking, too. Like, if you just give him the ball and, like, run, like, pick and roll, like, he's probably, like, the second or third person I would trust, like, running the offense, and he wasn't, like, too bad in that role. So I don't think it's a bad idea to re-sign him, but, like, if Markeith Morris and Dwayne Dedman aren't giving you anything in the playoffs, like, I don't get what's the point of keeping them on the roster. He was also very good on defense. Like a lot of he, every time Jalen Brown drove, Oladipo's hands right there, and he's getting a lot of steal. Like I was like like 
I was actually happy when Tyler Hero was like suiting up for Game Seven because that just meant less Oladipo minutes and like does it injure Tyler Hero on the court. So like that's how much of an impact like Oladipo had on the series. And like he he was the X factor coming into it, and like he almost won them that series. But there were like some like plays you just shake your head like, dude, like what are you doing? You know. That happened. That just happened. You mean for you mean for Oladipo? Yeah, for Oladipo. Like there was like a bad shot at the end of the third quarter. He took like a half court. Three oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. It yeah, is like, like sometimes, but for like a two and a half million dollar contract, I think he's like worth the gamble. I think like you can bring him back, and he's still young. You know, I mean not young, but like he's like thirty, but like he's still like younger than like I don't know the other aging stars, right? So like if he still has like a couple. Um, a couple years in the tank, you know, he could fit nicely with Bam and Jimmy, and I, I, yeah, I agree. You have to get rid of that Duncan contract. Uh, see if you can make, see if you can get anything out of Kyle Lowry. If I'm the Heat, I'm asking Kyle Lowry to like go on his diet again, because like I think four years ago he like lost a couple pounds, you know, and I think he like added that weight back on. It's kind of slowing him down the court, and that's probably why his hammy's messed up. Because if you think about it, a lot of people who like come in out of shape, they have all these like hammy and calf strain issues, like. James Harden and Kyle Lowry and um, Luka Doncic, like they all have like, these weird hamstring issues that they pop up all the time. So like I think if he gets back into shape this summer, he could be like a solid like third option. But I think they just need like another shot creator, and I don't know if they can go after like the big boys like like Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Beal. He's I just I don't know if they, what what they're gonna give up. You know maybe Tyler Hero, but I think you need to give up a lot more than that. So I think. I think that I think in what I would do is like develop Tyler Hero into that like Tyrese Maxey kind of role that the Sixers have, you know. See what pieces you can get for Duncan Robinson. Uh, develop Bam like Bam to get into the gym and like have like a like a like a reliable mid-range jump shot, at least a mid-range jump shot, you know. And maybe like start opening like up to a three-point shot like every here and there, you know. I, I think that's like the only thing they could do. And then bring back Oladipo and see what we get with that. Yeah, I mean, overall, though, like, even though, like, it seems like they have a lot of issues, I still feel like they'll be right in, like, the mix of things for, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, they're, like, a shoe-in for making the Eastern Conference Finals again, but, like, it depends on, like, what seeding you have, you know, like, this year, like, they were the one seed, so, like, they earned the easier path uh, in the East, you know, and, and they got there pretty easily, so I think, like, depending on seeding, it's not, like, that far-fetched that we see them in the finals again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... Huh? Yeah, conference finals, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. You know, myself yeah. is in the finals. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there'll be, be like, a, like, a solid, strong playoff team. Because, like, that just shows how good Eric Spolster is as a coach. Like, that, 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 he, he has so much respect for me. He's such a good coach. You know, he's, like, so good with X's and O's. He's good at motivating his players, you know. And he that's the reason the series went to seven. This series, this was a five-game series. And, like, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster was like, all right, like, this is not going to end like that. You know, and they, like, like, they were amazing. Yeah, like, that competitive fire that they have is definitely, like, pretty underrated. And, like, that's, like, a quality that, like, is very... I don't know, it's a bit, like, rare, but whenever, like, a team has that, like, it's just so good. And I feel like your leader kind of has to embody, like, that, like, never-quit mentality. I feel like Giannis and the Bucks like, definitely have that, and, like, Jimmy Butler and the Heat definitely have that as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good on the Heat if you want to move over to the finals preview. Do you want to—wait, did we ever get a chance to speak about the Mavs Warriors series? 
Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, because they were like up, they were up three zero at the time. So I think we just talked about it. Yeah, we already like figured out what to do with the Mavs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got nothing else to say with the Heat, man. Like it was a good season for them. Like they got the one seed. Like you said, they had a pretty easy path to the one seed. So, you know, um, they should still be pretty good next year. You know, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, moving on to the finals preview. Warriors and Celtics. So, I mean, the Warriors have been, like, off for a while. Um, the Celtics just came off of a Game 7. But, um, so, I think the Warriors have been the best offense in the playoffs. And the Celtics have definitely been the best defense. Um, just some initial thoughts. I mean, I think Game 1, I think I would be, like, shocked if the Celtics somehow win that. Just because I'm assuming their legs are probably super tired from... Uh, you know, playing a seven-game series. Um, and I think the Warriors have been resting for a while, and the Warriors usually come out strong at home. So I would be surprised if they actually, like, managed to stole game one. Um, but I think a pivotal moment in this series is going to be between game one and game two, right? Because, um, like, the Celtics haven't lost consecutive games since, like, what, like, January, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Um, if you don't count the game where they sat their starters in Toronto... March. The last time they lost like back-to-back games was January seventeenth. Okay, I mean, okay, yeah. even if you count that like in March or whatever, yeah. like that's still like a really long. Like it hasn't even happened in the playoffs, yeah. which is like insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that like game two is going to be like really pivotal for the series because like I think if the Warriors win that, then like I don't know, you could see it like then at that point is when I start thinking like, dang, like the Warriors might like wrap this up in six. But like, I think if the Celtics like do what they've been doing and end up winning that game and go with like a one, one series lead into um, Boston, like I think that's where like the Celtics window to like win the series um, like opens up for sure. I mean, I I might be putting too much stock into game two, but that's just like kind of what it feels like from my perspective. Yeah, I don't expect the game one win at all from the Celtics just because like they haven't been good in game ones all like all playoffs. Like they lost to the Bucks and the Heat in game ones, and then the Nets like game one they were like that was like the worst game of of their round. They had to win off like a fluke uh, game winning layup, you know. So like they've been just pretty bad in game ones. I don't know what it is. I just I don't. They have almost like a LeBron mentality in the game ones. Like okay, let's just like play average, see what the other team's doing, and then come out insanely strong game two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's where, like, that game two will matter, right? Because then it's like, okay, like, Imeidoka has, like, time to see what they're doing, and he'll have time to come up with the adjustments. Um, But, like, I mean, it's going to be a great series because the one thing that um, the Warriors have been pretty good at is making adjustments to, um, I don't know if you saw, like, I don't know if you heard this report, but there was, like, I forget, I think it was, like, during the Mavericks series, Basically, what they were doing is, like, they were just calling out, like, I think it was Mike Brown was just, like, calling out, like, defensive sets, like, from the sideline. And they were, like, changing defense. Like, they were changing their defense on Luka. Like, like when he's just, like, dribbling the ball down the court, which is, like, actually insane. Because normally what teams do is, like, they'll call a timeout or something, um, and they'll do that. I forget which podcast it was, but I heard that in some other podcast. And I was just like, dude, like, this is this is insane level of defensive adjustment. Um, and it just shows like their veteran experience and leadership that they have the players that are like able to do that. 
um, but like the, the chess matches between the two coaches and their their staffs and how their players execute the game plans. And uh, like they've they've done this so many like they've done this for like what is it six finals in eight years, and like 123 games of like finals games between the Warriors players and then zero for the Celtics players. So experience is going to be a huge factor in all this because. I'm just not sure if like the Celtics players can like handle the light because they've been to conference finals like four out of the last six, six years, but the finals is a different stage, you know. Like that's this is the only series going on, you know. And, and, and you can't get away with like a Jason Tatum bad game, you know. Like if you have a bad game in the finals, you're done. So like experience is gonna be like a really big factor into all of this. And I mean, I'm glad like there's like a lot more uh, days off in between games because like in the conference finals that just like ruined the experience for like us as viewers and then like the players for sure. Like, every other day there was a game, so I'm glad like okay we have like two days off after game one and a game after and a day after like after game two and like another two days off after game three. So it's like it's good spacing, which is which should be a better series. Yeah, I agree. And like, you don't even have time to like process like what's going on in like either series just because like it's happening so fast and there'll be like huge like blowouts. And I, I feel like that made it like really unwatchable, at least uh, for most like the conference finals games. I mean, I thought the Heat uh, Celtics series, like they had some good games at the end for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, the conference finals were just like a bit unwatchable for that reason. Um I mean, some X factors that I want to bring up, I feel like, um, so I think, I think the way that the Warriors will play defense is they're going to like basically make like, I don't know, like Derek White, let's just say Derek White, like they're going to make Derek White, like take a lot of shots on offense. Um, and, and on the other side, I feel like the, the Celtics, I feel like they're going to attack, uh, like probably Jordan Poole. Um, I feel like he's, like, the biggest, like, liability defensively. Maybe probably Steph, too. Um, I mean, I think Steph has gotten a little bit better at defending. Um, he, he's not, like, a great defender, but, like, he can kind of... Like, he gives more effort now. I feel like it's not, like... Uh, he's not, like, you know, toast. But, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how both those teams exploit those specific matchups. Because um, I, I think Derek White, like, really... I guess offensively, he struggled the first two series, if I'm not wrong, against the Nets and the Bucks. But he was like really good offensively. I thought in the Heat, uh, especially towards the end, because he because he uh, he got a baby. That's just how it works. Once you become a dad in the playoffs, you just become like a whole different player. It happened to Fred Van Vliet in the 2019 series, and it's gonna happening now. That's the reason. Oh yeah, well yeah, I missed that. <laughs> Um, I was just gonna say that the um, like the you know like the whole media and the narrative is like okay the Celtics match up so well with the Warriors like they're the only team that's like over 500 the last four or five years against uh, since Steve Kerr joined the Warriors and blah 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 but I don't think people actually realize like why they're so good against the Warriors because that offense has always been like uh, like a heavy moving offense where like there's a lot of off ball screens you know there's a lot of like elevator screens there's a lot of off ball movements between Steph and Clay. And a lot of teams struggle to guard that because eventually, like, with, like, Steph running around the court, like, a million times, you get, like, a big man stuck on Steph, you know? And then, like, that's where you win the matchup. Or you get, like, Draymond on, like, a small 6-2 point guard, like, like how they abuse Ja in that Grizzly series, you know? But the difference with the Celtics is, like, they can switch everything. Like, no, like you can't attack anyone on that defense. You can't attack, obviously, Smart, Rob Williams, or Horford, and obviously the Jays, and even anyone on their bench. Like, their worst defender is probably Jalen Brown. And if your worst defender is Jalen Brown, that's like a pretty good thing. 
So I think that's why like the Celtics have like a pretty good advantage because that's what I want to see what the Warriors gonna do because they won't be able to hunt the matchups. They won't be able to get like Steph in a good matchup or like Jordan Poole in a good matchup because like everyone's gonna be able to lock you down, right? And I can say the exact same thing for the Warriors on defense. Like they have they have a pretty good switch heavy team, but like their only like liability is like like their defenders aren't as good as the Celtics defenders, right? You know, so that's gonna be very interesting for me to see. So you're like positive that like like Al Horford and Robert Williams would hold up against like Steph Curry on the perimeter? I'm a lot more positive with them than any other big man duo in the league. I'm not saying they're gonna like control Steph, but like versus like players like Rudy Gobert and other big men in the league, I think they do a lot better job. They were they were in the top five for like big men for like perimeter defense or something. So like and they're both in the top five in the NBA. Yeah, so that's like really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, like that's a huge part of this series, though, because I think the main like advantage that the Celtics have had is that they're like very flexible, right? Like they can roll out Al Horford and Robert Williams. They can roll out like just Al Horford, just Robert Williams, or they can take out both and put in Grant Williams, right? And like and go super small. But I think that if like Jordan Poole or like Steph Curry. Um, can abuse like Robert Williams and Al Horford on the perimeter to the point where you have to take those guys out and then you have to put in Robert Williams and go small. I think that's like low key when the Warriors like are dangerous, right? Because like the Warriors small ball lineup is always like their most dangerous. And like now they're playing, I guess they'll play like Kavan Looney or like Draymond Green at the five. And to me, like, I feel like, I feel like if there if that is what happens, then it's like, oh, the Celtics are playing into the Warriors' hand, right? Because that's what the Warriors want to do. Like they want to go small and they want to run around like crazy and get off shots and like they want to have like an offensive battle. And I feel like if you if they can play like Al Horford and Robert Williams like off the floor to the point where like it has to be like Grant Williams closing games or like Grant Williams has to play most of the time, then I think that's where like the Warriors will be at an advantage in the series. I just don't know if they can do that because, like, the Celtics haven't played, like, this dynamic of a point guard since Kyrie Irving, right? I know Kyrie wasn't, like, the old Kyrie or whatever. He wasn't Kyrie Kyrie. But, like, they were still able to, like, stay on Kyrie. And I know Rob didn't play the first two games, but even in games three and four, like, they were still able to, like, when the switches was on, like, Horford did a great job on Kyrie when he was on him. Horford did a great job on KD. So, like, just for, like, who they are, they've been really good on, like, like smaller point guards and be able to stay in front of them. You know, and, and like they have enough faith where like if they give him enough space because Rob Rob Williams is so like long like no homo but like he has enough chance to give him enough space where he can still like jump and block the shot you know and then like if he has enough space you know he knows he has help in the back end so that's why like that combo was like really really interesting I think I'm more worried about like what Rob Williams is like, like bone bruise and what he said he's dealing with because he just hasn't looked good in his playoffs at all like, he hasn't looked good since the injury. So, like, that's what I'm curious about. But, yeah, I agree. If they can, like, find a way to play them off the, off the court, then, like, the Warriors are going to win this easily. But I just don't know if they can because the Celtics, like, scheme is, like, kind of, like, it forces you to, like, like in the Bucks series and the Heat series, right? It just kind of forces you to, like, be that guy and, like, score as much as you can. They shut down every other player besides, like, Giannis and Jimmy. They, they shut down every other role player and everything, you know? So it kind of just forces, like, okay, like, Steph, go off for 40. But if you if you could do that, go go off. Like I don't know if Jordan Poole is gonna have a, an amazing series because I, I think their like focus is gonna be like shut down, shut him down, and shut Clay down as well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, like, I, in my opinion, like, now that I think about it, I feel like that's actually where the series will be decided, right? Because kind of what I was saying, like, but in the opposite, like, if Al Horford and Robert Williams are able to defend, like, whatever, like, Steph Curry and Jordan Poole on the perimeter, then, like, at that point, like, the Warriors, like, won't have, like, many other options. Um, and I don't know, I feel like the one thing about the Warriors and the Celtics, or at least, like, the Warriors mainly... Um, like the Warriors have had games where like Steph and or Clay and or like Jordan Poole have played terrible and they've still won just because like, I don't know, their system is really good and like they don't, like they're like very disciplined and they still run their sets and they still end up scoring the basketball even if it's like not super efficient offense coming out of like their three guards. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if that happens against the Celtics and the same thing like vice versa, right? For like, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like, can the Celtics, like, be close if they have, like, a bad game against the Warriors? Like, do they have enough offense? And I think the main thing that's, like, different than, like, the main new challenge that the Celtics will face is, like, this is a team that can, like, kill you from the outside, right? Because, yeah. like, I would say against the, the Bucks and against the Heat, like, they were two teams that were able to play like really good defense but when it came down to the offensive end they weren't able to hit like outside jump shots and like pretty much any like attempt that they made to drive to the rim was just getting shut down by like whatever Celtics defender you know Al Horford like Robert Williams Jason Tatum Jalen Brown all and Marcus Smart like all these guys are great defenders and they don't really give up anything at the rim right it's like the one area that you can beat them is from the outside and the Warriors is like a definitely a team that can make shots from the outside so I'm very interested in that because, like, even going into the Bucks and the, like, Heat series, like, from the outset, like, I just kind of felt like, dang, I don't think these teams have enough outside shooting to beat the Celtics because I think that's how you beat their defense. Like, if they're really strong on the inside, then you just take, like, contested jumpers, you take outside shots, and you beat them with, like, range, which is hard. It's easy. It's really hard to do. But um, I think the Warriors could do it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because – What's funny is like like the Celtics have been like the best three point defense like uh, team for the last um, ten years or so under Brad Stevens and under like Ime Doka they've just been really good, but uh, you're saying that but then the three teams that the Celtics have played are all in the top ten for three point shooting the Nets at ten at thirty six point two percent the Bucks at five at thirty six point six percent and then the Miami Heat are number one with thirty seven percent you know. And, like, so they're all in the top 10 for, like, three-point shooting teams, and they're still able to shut them down. So, like, the reason they're looking bad is because of the Celtics defense. It's not just, like, they just they didn't have shooters all of a sudden. They've always had the shooters. Like, they, they completely negated P.J. Tucker's corner shot. You know, they, they, completed, they completely, like, just followed Max Struess around until he got tired and was just throwing up, like, shots at the end of the game. The same thing with, like, Pat Connington and, like, um, Whoever else, I, I know like there was injuries as well, but they've always been good at guarding the three-point um, line. So, I, I think like the main factor will be like because like, the Warriors move so much is when the Celtics players run you off the three-point line, there has to be like another backdoor cut. So like if if like Jordan Poole gets the ball in the corner and he's run off the three-point line, he drives and then kicks it to a, like a, a someone else is cutting down back door. That's how they can get easy basket baskets on the Celtics. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see for sure, um, like, how they how they attack that. Um, I mean, another thing is, like, I know that the Celtics, like, I guess 
they've had like some issues, like not like they're like av- I would say like they're a bit average um, in defensive rebounding. Like I think a lot of the way, like a huge way Miami was able to stick in that series is they just took a lot of offensive rebounds um, and they got like a lot of second chance points. And recently, like the Warriors have been really good at that, especially through Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney. Um, so that'll be interesting to see too, like if they're able to, uh, you know, get get some offensive boards and get second chance opportunities because it could also be very killer um, for the Celtics. It, it, it was like so weird, like for them, to, like for me to see them struggle on the defensive glass because they were like third in defensive rebounds this year, and like all of a sudden they just forgot how to rebound. So I don't understand like why. I just think like the the Heat just like out hustled them in that series, and that's kind of what cost them a couple games in that series. Like they should not have been out rebounded. Like whoever they have on their team, who's like been always been good at rebounding. Oh yeah, that that is very interesting to see. Like back to like my original point. Like I think the Celtics, the reason the series that with the Bucks and the Heat went so long is because like the Celtics are their own worst enemy. Like they just make things harder than they need to be. Like I'm pretty sure Jalen Brown said that quote. Like they, that's that Bucks series should have been ended in six games max. A Heat series should have been ended in five, maybe six games max. But they just have these random games where like. They'll have 17, 18 to 20 turnovers, and then they give up, like, 10 offensive rebounds. And then they're still in the game, but because of that, you're, like, now you're down five with, like, four minutes left, and you can't get back in the game. So, like, if they can just clean up their own mess, they can, like, stay in the game and, like, withstand any three-point barrage from the Warriors and, like, keep it, like, and and make sure they're ahead the whole time. And I I think they can get this done. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, honestly, it could go uh, either way. Um, but do, do you want to go into your prediction? or I'm just trying to think, like, what else I have to say with the Warriors. Like, in my bracket, like, I had the Warriors and Celtics get into the finals, like, pretty easily. I just, I mean, not easily, but, like, I just, I was, like, that's who I saw in the finals. I didn't trust anyone else in the West. And, like, I felt like the Warriors had, like, a pretty smooth path with, like, they played, like, a, like a Nuggets team who didn't have their second and third best player. And they played the Grizzlies, who were, like, this is their first time in the playoffs, so, like, they weren't really ready. And, like, an overachieving Mavs team. So, like, this is, like, a pretty simple path for the Warriors. So I want to know if, like, the Celtics were actually battle-tested. You know, I want to know if these series actually made a difference for them. Because usually, like, when it comes down to, like, these, the, the teams that go through, like, the harder run coming out on the other side is usually wins the finals for the most part, except, like, those Kevin Durant Warriors. Most times, if, like, whoever has a harder path usually wins the finals. Like, last year, like, the Bucks, I would say, had a harder path than the Suns last year. Um, you know? So, like, that's what I'm curious about. So, I want to know if they actually learned, like, like, not to make these mistakes and, like, get it done when you can. And from the Warriors' perspective, I think there's like a lot to like there's a lot to gain from this because like everyone's been saying like okay Steph Curry has never won a finals MVP you know he's not that guy blah 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 you know they can't win without KD and the 2015 ring they like won because uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love were injured so they have a lot to prove you know and like if they get this done like this is going to be a really big thing because like this will be like their first championship without Kevin Durant and like hopefully without any injury excuse and like on the other side of the thing, like, this is like, uh, the, like the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're finally getting over the hump. The Celtics have been choking for years in the playoffs, and they finally got to the hump. So now are they ready for the big stage? Can they keep up with this team who's been there and who has done it? So I think that's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun, bro. Like, I'm, I'm really excited for this playoffs, and I hope it's, I hope this finals is like at least six, six to seven games. Yeah, I mean, you did a good job. I think you were bringing up the, like, the legacy part of it. Um, 
I mean, yeah, for the Warriors, it's huge. Uh, I definitely agree that, like, a lot of people are kind of undermining their dynasty just because the KD, like, chapter of it where he played Truth. two years. Like, they, <laughs> they were kind of, like, they were kind of, uh, like, overpowered in that era, and they just kind of, like, steamrolled everyone. So everyone kind of under... I feel like during those years, though, like, the, everyone, like... I, I feel like KD... I mean, in, the, in terms of the general media, like, the media, like, praised KD like crazy. Like, everyone was like, dude, this is the best player in the NBA. Like, look at him go. Like, he's going crazy in the finals. Like, it, I feel like at that point, like, the, the media was really, really high on Kevin Durant. But at the same time, like, they were kind of undermining, like, how good the other players were as well on that team. And, like, you know, a lot of people, like, still believe that, like, the reason, like, KD was able to go, like, so well is because he's playing, like, one-on-one because... Like, the defense has to pay attention to Steph, right? And um, a, a lot of people are talking about that as well. And for the Celtics, like, you're right. I mean, it, it's like a – for them, for, like, the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown era, it's been, like, marred by, like, a lot of, like, what-ifs and, like, oh, they were so close, but, like, they could never get to the finals. Um, and I don't know. I feel like if they win, then it's great because they'll, like, destroy that narrative and, like – suddenly, like, they become, like, one of the best, or they become, like, probably, like, the best young duo in, like, the game. And, like, Jason Tatum is, like, well, he, I feel like he's already, like, a top 10 player, but, like, he solidifies that even more and maybe, like, climbs up the rankings a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, then on the other hand, if they, like, lose, then everyone will be, like, oh, like, they, again, like, it's still, like, their era is just marred by a bunch of, like, what-ifs and, like, oh, they were so close, but they could never, never finish the job. Um, and then I think for the Warriors, like, if, if they end up losing, then, like, you start to look at the roster and, like, you just think, like, dang, like, these guys are getting old. Like, we we missed an opportunity here. Like, how many more realistic opportunities will they have, you know? Because next year in the West, like, you have the Clippers are going to be back at, like, full at full strength. We're assuming the Nuggets will be back at full strength. Um, and there'll be, like, other teams that are going to try to reload, you know? I mean, I, I still think the Warriors would be better, Um than teams like like Portland and New Orleans, but they're gonna try to like reload and, and like reshape their teams. And I think they'll like the West overall is definitely gonna be a lot more competitive uh, next year than it was this year, um, just from getting all the players back from injury. So who do you say has more to lose in this slash more to gain from this winning this championship? This team. Uh, wait. So what is the question? Like who has more? Who has like more? Like who is more at stake? Like yeah, like uh, who has more to lose if they lose the finals this year? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's, I feel like it's the Celtics. Right. Um, just because, like, for the Celtics, like if they lose, I, I feel like it continue. Like I said, it was it continues that narrative of like, okay, like they were almost like so close, and like who knows, like if they'll do it again. Um, I'll, I'll, mainly because like next year, like okay, like. Like, would you say, like, next year, like, they could easily, like, lose to, like, the Bucks or, like, whatever? Uh, I mean, I, I, obviously, I think they have, still have a good chance to beat the Bucks again even next year. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if they, like, like let's say next year they get to the second round, like, they versus the Bucks, and this time, like, Chris Middleton is healthy and they lose or something. Um, and I don't know. I feel like even with the Warriors, like, everyone will just be like, oh, man, like, what a run, like. People, I mean, people will still flame them for losing, but, like, at the end of the day, like, they still have their dynasty, and they still made the finals again, even after, like, all this time. And even without KD, with, like, an injured Clay and, like, Steph and Draymond are, like, old, and 
they have like a new era of like Jordan Poole. I feel like a lot of people will just take optimism in that like, oh, like even if they lose, like Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, and like James Wiseman have like now seen the finals and like they have the experience, like they know what to do. I think the main reason they have less to lose is because their next group is like still super young and still blossoming. Whereas like if the Celtics lose, then it's like, can this duo really win a championship? Yeah. I feel like those questions will come up. I mean, I I, I mean, for me, let me know if I'm being biased, but like, I think it's the Warriors have more to lose because I think just Celtics like finally able to get over that hump. It kind of felt like when Jordan kept losing to the Pistons over and over and over again, like three, four straight years. And when he finally did it, like he was able to, okay, like now I know how to get to the finals. Uh, and I feel like I'm not saying the Celtics are like guaranteed locks to make the finals next year, but like they, they, they should they should still like they should be like one of like three teams that could make the finals next year, even if they were to lose this uh, championship. Because I, I just think they needed to get over this hump, and now they know okay like we can get it done with this group, and they still have the Jays locked up for five more years. They still have Smart at 27 years old. Horford's coming back next year. Rob Williams is only 22. You know they uh, Grant and Peyton Pritchard. So they they're like super young, and they got to like the finals. And like their their whole main core is like super young, so like, or personally like I I think if they win or lose everything in this series is just gravy as a Celtics fan, because like I think we just wanted to get over the hump. Now like whatever happens happens because you just lost to a great team like it's fine. So like now they have the confidence they can get back there. Let's say the Warriors have more to lose just because. Like, like I said before, like, 2015, they won, but there's a whole, this whole narrative surrounding, like, okay, like, LeBron didn't have his second and third best player, and they didn't face, like, a like an all-star point guard that whole series, and it went to six. And then, obviously, 16, they blew 3-1 lead. 17-18, it's that whole KD carried us. And then 2019, they lost to the Raptors. I know there was injuries, but, like, the Raptors, like, pretty much, like, like dominated them in that series. So, like, there's going to be questions of, like, okay, they didn't get there this year, and they're getting older, and they're on the wrong side of 30, can they win another one? Can they win an actual one that's like it's unique? That's like where Steph carried them. That's with the with the core three. So I, that's how I feel about this. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could go either way. Um, yeah, I, I guess the one thing that the Celtics like have going for them is like their contract situation that they have like all of their main pieces under contract uh, for like a long time. So like they'll definitely be competitive. But, like, it depends on what, like, you view the hump as, right? Because, like, I guess you're viewing the hump as, like, just getting to the finals. Like, for me, like, I feel like that hump would be winning the championship, not just getting to the um, uh, I mean, if they lost, like, two finals in a row, then, okay, like, yeah, that's, like, the hump. But, like, they've lost, what, they're 0-4 in the last, like, conference, like four conference finals, right? So, like, they're, like, finally getting over that hump. And I guess as these guys as a duo, they're really only, like, 0-1, where they're, like, the main guys, I guess. But, like... I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like uh, you have to just get better and better every year. So I think like getting past the conference finals is like, okay, like that's the first step. And then, okay, okay you lose. Okay. The next step is okay. Like let's get the job done next year. You know? So like, I don't know, maybe I'm being biased with all this, but that's just how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I think it could actually go, I think it could go either way. Um, I just feel like the general sentiment is that like, if even if the Warriors lose, like, people are just going to be like, okay, like, even if they lose, like, we still have, like, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody. Like, people are just going to look to their core. I don't think that core know? is and that like, good, though. I don't think that core is Yeah, that I good. agree. I, I don't think it's that good either. I, I, I don't think it's that good either. But I think a lot of, like, a lot of people, like, when they talk about the Warriors and they, like, talk about how good they are, 
they'll just be like, oh, yeah, like, and also, by the way, like, they have this core of, like, Jordan Poole, like, James Wiseman, Moose, Moose Moody, Jonathan like, They're not that good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're that good. But yeah. I, it's just, like, a media, like, I don't know. It's, like, some weird, like, media fetish. Like, they just, like, love the Warriors, and they're just, like, on that shit, so. I think the Warriors yeah, probably have one more finals run in them, like, win or lose this year. But I can see the Celtics going for, like, a couple more. Like, I actually have a shot. Just because, like, they're so much younger, you know, like, Tatum's 24, I mean, Jalen Brown's 25, whereas, like, Steph and Clay like, are, like, 32, 33, 34, you know, and, like, Jalen's, like, 30. So, like, and, and and I think, like, the West, I know the East was, like, a better overall conference this year, but the West is still very top-heavy and having to deal with, like, the big juggernauts back then, especially you still have the Lakers coming back. Like, they, if once they figure this stuff out and make, like, some moves, you know, so I think the West, I think... If if you were, like, if I were to pick a team that would go back to the finals next year after the series between these two teams, I would say the Celtics just because I think the West is going to be a lot harder. I think um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like the mental fortitude of like the the Jays getting it done that's like finally broken, and I I think they like they're a lot more confident now. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think like I, I think it really depends on. Uh, like, I definitely agree with that statement that you said, like, out of these two teams, who's more likely to make the finals? And I do think that it's the Celtics. Um, I think, like, whoever comes back in the West, whether it's, like, the Clippers with Kawhi and PG or, like, the Nuggets with Jamal Murray, Jokic, and uh, Michael Porter Jr., or I guess, I guess even, like, the Lakers, like, yeah, you could give them a shot, like, if they can figure out, like, what to do with their roster properly. Um or even if they, like, just make the playoffs, it's still, like, LeBron and AD. So, like, they, if they can make the playoffs, like, I still feel like they'll still be a tough out, um, if, assuming they can get to that point. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, but in terms of, yeah, that, that's actually a pretty good question uh, and definitely something to think about. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you want to give your prediction before we get out of here? Uh, you can go first, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, like, I've been kind of going back and forth. Um, I do, like, I'm, like, fairly positive, like, the series will at least go, like, six or seven games. Um, I'm, like, really, really interested in that, like, game two, um, based off of what I said. Um, I think for now, I'll probably take, like, I guess I'll just take Warriors in seven, Um just because, like, I feel like if it does go to seven, like, it'll be really hard uh, for the Celtics to win on the road again, um, especially with the Warriors at home. Um, but, yeah, I, but I, I'm, like, very, like, even though I'm making the prediction, I would say it's, like, I probably believe in it, like, 55 to 60% Warriors, whereas, like, 40% of me is saying, like, oh, the Celtics could probably win it, too. Um, yeah, I mean, when I made this bracket, like, like for the longest time this season, I had Bucks Warriors in the finals, and, like, I had the Bucks winning, and after that Middleton injury, and, like, especially, like, some, when the Celtics men had, like, this big West Coast trip in March, I was like, all right, like, the Celtics can do it, and then when the Celtics played the Bucks in the second round, I was like, all right, bro, if they can't get past the Bucks, they're not winning it, but I think, like, the Bucks were, like, the biggest and hardest team they had to get past, so, and I, I think they really do match up well with the Warriors. I mean, I, I don't know. People are going to call me biased, but, like, I think uh, I think the Celtics are going to win. I think this is their year. It just feels like one of those things that's, like, it's like, it's like destiny bound to happen. It, it, it's basically, like, the narrative in this series is destiny versus dynasty, you know? 
like the Dynasty, the Warriors, and the Destiny Celtics. There's like a lot of stats that like okay, like the Kendrick Lamar every every year that Kendrick Lamar has released the album, the Warriors won. And there's like the other stats that support the other side where like the last time Kansas won a national championship, the Celtics won a title. And the last time like a Celtic player won defensive player of the year, they won the title. You know, so it's all like 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 one of these stats has to fail. One of these stats has to be wrong. You know? So um I'm going with Boston in six. And me saying that, I mean, that just means Boston in seven because these guys, they want to make it as hard as possible. You know, they, they just refuse to win two games in a row until they absolutely have to. So uh, I think Boston in six, but it's probably just going to end up being in seven games because they'll make it harder. I think, I, I think yeah, I, I agree that the game two is going to be a very critical game. But, like, I think the Celtics, like, this is their year. And, like, if Tatum... Puts on that performance if he like, gets up to 30 points a game and he's that guy and he's that guy for at least six games, like, I think they could win this. Yeah, I mean, just, like, comparing it to last year, actually, like, I remember, like, the Bucks like, had just barely scraped by, um, like, the Nets. Um, and then, like, I guess they beat the, the Hawks pretty easily. But it just, like, I don't know. I remember, like, last year, it felt like the Bucks were just getting by in, like, a lot of series. Um and, like, because of that, like, I picked the Suns <laughs> to win. And then, like, they went up, like, 2-0 and just, like, lost four in a row. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do agree, like, maybe, like, it could be the same thing for the Celtics where, like, maybe they lose, like, one or two games. And after that, just close it out. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, very, like, torn on this series. But, like, the main thing that I've been using to evaluate is, like, does the other team have enough, like, outside shooting to beat the Celtics? Um, and I feel like the Bucks, I feel like even before, at least like just from my, without like looking at any stats, my feeling was that the Bucks don't and that the Heat don't, but I feel like the Warriors do. So I'm just going to take them. Um, but yeah, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Like, like everyone's picking the Warriors. And like, there's a lot of like stats, like the 538, like predictor stats. Like, they're famously known for like picking the, uh, the Obama uh, Hillary Clinton election, like exactly. So like people have been relying on that website ever since. So like they've been on the Celtics like since the beginning of the since the beginning of February. They've been on like they have the Celtics at eighty percent chance of winning the finals. So like I don't agree it's like that much. I would say it's like fifty five forty five Warriors. But um, yeah, like like you said, three point shooting team. If they can actually like score on the Celtics defense, which like no other team who who has who've had better three point shooting teams this season was able to do so if they're able to like outshoot the Celtics and like figure out a way to beat this defense it's it'll get it done but I think experience is going to be like a huge factor like I'm really curious to see like if the Jays and if Smart and like Horford if they're like able to handle this moment especially the role players because like I know this is like I know like Draymond and Iggy and Steph and Clay they've all been there before but like Jordan Poole hasn't been there before you know uh, Gary Payton hasn't been there before so like it's also important for like to see if they can step up too to the, to the bright lights so uh, yeah, man. I hope this finals is, is. I hope it's a great finals. But I got Boston. Yeah, I mean overall, like I think it'll be a great finals. Um, I'm very excited to watch like every single game. Um, I feel like it'll be like way better than the conference finals. Um, it, it's a great matchup for the NBA and for the fans. Um, I think it'll be really fun, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be it for today. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you guys later.